It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. For my crazy day, my packed commute, all those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Whew. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org getmore. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are now Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. It is Expert Tuesday, and we have one hell of an expert. She covers the Packers for Cheesehead TV, for Bleacher Report. You probably already follow her on Twitter, and if you don't, it's Michelle underscore NFL. She is Michelle Bruton. Michelle, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. The Packers opened their season this week against the Seattle Seahawks. There's been a lot to talk about in the offseason, and that's a weird thing for Packers fans. How, how, what is, like, Ted Thompson is doing things. How do you feel about that? So I think the way I feel about that is I'm starting to question how much of this is Ted Thompson and how much of this mm. is Elliot Wolf? And okay. that's sort of where I arrived today, I think. Yeah, let's, let's get right into it. So Ahmad Brooks signs a one-year deal with the Packers at outside linebacker. He's someone that the Packers have faced plenty. Uh, there were those, those uh, Colin Kaepernick, San Francisco teams. And he can actually play professional football which is a weird thing ted thompson actually signed a player who had played and he he joins a list i mean if we're being serious right and he joins the list with lance kendricks with ricky jean francois with martellus bennett ted thompson was aggressive this offseason i'm i'm wondering there was an article in the offseason from bob mcginn about mike mccarthy being frustrated with a lack of mm-hmm. of movement in from a player personnel standpoint aaron Rodgers has not been shy to say he wished things would be a little bit different i wonder if the pressure has just really been coming to bear on ted thompson i have to think that part of that is right i've kind of always liked stoic ted as someone who doesn't move with the wind and who kind of sticks to his guns and isn't really 
affected by kind of mercurial rises from year to year because I think that's kind of what you have to be to be a successful NFL general manager. But sure. that being the case, I think even the most logical among us has started to feel that the Packers are squandering something here and that there's, they're yeah. so close and they're maybe just one, two pieces away from another Super Bowl title. And thankfully, it seems that Ted Thompson, with perhaps the influence of Wolf, perhaps the influence of McCarthy, um, has realized the same thing. We've got a lot of things going on here. Um, you know, Mike McCarthy's contract. I know he signed the extension in 2014, and I don't remember the top of my head how long it was for, but, you know, he's not going to be there forever. Aaron Rodgers certainly is now looking at getting a big, healthy extension after the Matt Stafford deal, but his, you know, he's 33, turning 34 soon. So, really... Aaron Rodgers' new contract <laughs> after Matthew Stafford gets paid is with a dollar. Yes, yes. And he deserves every penny, but... He also deserves 100%. to have a team that can support his talent and that can get him over the hump. Because as we all know, he can only do so much. And it's funny because we think about how great that defense was in 2010. And I think the narrative since then has been that they just need to get difference makers like that. They need to get some pieces on defense. The defense is the thing that comes in and squanders the leads and puts Aaron in a hard position. And certainly I think the Packers have had a lot of youth on defense, a lot of inexperience. But then we kind of saw this funny thing this year where Jared Cook was so clutch last year and we realized maybe the Packers are just one really incredible tight end, or maybe two in this case with Bennett and Kedricks, but maybe actually they just need to kick that offense into the next gear. And I think that's kind of at least where I've been this summer until we started seeing the preseason and started seeing how far people have to come on defense, how many injuries have affected position groups. And as we're talking about it now, outside linebacker in particular, and clearly Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy saw the same thing. I, I, I posited something last week that I'm going to throw at you. You let me know what you think about this. I am, I don't want to say concerned. Concerned is the wrong word, but let's say, Brooks has a good season. Bennett has a good season. Kendrick helps. And the Packers have... Maybe they win the Super Bowl. Maybe they make another deep NFC run. How loud will the chorus of, well, this is always what you could have done, mm. Ted, be? Because I think it's going to be really, really, really loud. And frankly, they won't be wrong. <laughs> they won't be, but I will take to my grave the belief that the Ted Thompson way of building a team is the right way if you can hit on, let's say, 85% of your draft picks. And I agree. I think the problem has been that guys have taken a little bit longer to develop or that maybe the timelines have bumped up too close together so that, you know, in an ideal world, we wouldn't have lost Sam Shields so quickly after drafting the future at cornerback. Right. I think that's a really great example of those guys, Randall and Rollins, I don't think were ever meant to start when they had to start starting. <laughs> they um, really could have benefited. That's a weird <laughs> yes, I, I, I kind of liked that actually as it came out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think in an ideal world, they would have had time to develop. I think that this defense has so much potential, but also so much clumsy, fumbling youth and inexperience. 
Um, yeah. You know, I know we'll get into Brooks a little bit more. Not even putting aside the stat sheet, any of that, the three-four scheme, whatever. I think at the very, very, very least, he's someone who comes in as a veteran who's been on. I personally loved that San Francisco defense. That's a mean, tough defense. And I think that's the kind of attitude you need to have. I think Mike Daniels is going to love this signing. And I think that he will bring that into the locker room. And even that, in and of itself, before anything else, before actual play on the field, just that locker room culture. I think the Packers' defense has been missing a little bit of that toughness, that meanness. Um, and it's not to say we want them to be like lions or rams. We don't want them to be dirty. We don't want them to be, you know, getting penalties all over the place. But certainly, I think no, no face stomping, <laughs> please, please. Um, but I, I like that they're going to get a little bit of an injection of that in the locker room. Here's, here's the thing that I look at, and I understand Ahmad Brooks is not a twitchy athlete. I understand that he's not, you know, his, his numbers, his stats, his athletic measurables, whatever you want to pick, none of it is going to jump off the page. Let me, just, let me just read you his sack totals going back to 2008. Six, six and a half, six, eight and a half, six and a half, seven, five, six. <laughs> none of those are great, right? But they're consistent. consistent. Exactly. He is going to give you NFL at the very least replacement level, but more likely above replacement level play at outside linebacker every snap of every game. And as you said, he's tough. He's physical. There is an edge. The thing that I have been, I have been harping on this for God too long. This defense has no identity. They, they wanted to be a big defense Mm -hmm. and that didn't work. And then they wanted to be a penetrating defense and that didn't work. And now it seems like, and I wrote about this um, in, in the offseason for, for Acme Packing Company, I like that there is a progression, it seems like, toward speed and athleticism, but we, there still is not right. the right balance. And Brooks brings a nasty. It's, it's, why, that I, it's why I liked Fr- mm-hmm. Robert Francois. It's, like, it's ro- why that I liked... You know, any pick a number of players who play physically. I like a defense that will hit you in the mouth, and Ahmad Brooks will yes. hit you in the mouth. And I think you spoke to that consistency, and that was exactly what I've been thinking about all day. Because let me in turn read you Clay Matthews's and Nick Perry's sacks going back a couple of years. So Clay, we've got Uh-oh. five, six and a half. 11, seven and a half, 13. And that's as far back as I'll go. With Perry, we've got 11, three and a half, three, four, two. We all know Perry didn't have a great first four years. Um, But I think that that's been what's so frustrating for Packers fans is in, there's a parallel universe in which Clay Matthews and Nick Perry are the best outside linebacking duo in the league. They are the one-two punch. They are penetrating the backfield. They are getting 11, 12 sacks a season each, um, if not more. And I think it's just really frustrating for people when they don't see that coming to fruition. But I think that kind of negative attitude can wipe out all of the great things they do on any given play. And I think that 
sometimes you have to be in the weeds so that someone else can have the glory. Um, and if that means that some of the young guys yeah. are going to get the one thing I was a little bit nervous about is that I saw, you know, they were talking to Clay, I think at his locker and he was like, you know, we've got a lot of young guys around here. So if there's going to be any production, it's going to have to come from me and Nick or something like that. And I was like, oosh, like he doesn't have a lot of faith in the young guys. But then I saw yes. conversely, I think they were talking to Fackrell and he was like, yeah, yeesh, you know, Clay and Nick are injured. So you see how quickly depth becomes a thing and it's going to be all up to us. And I was like, oh my God, like what a disaster. <laughs> And so then yeah. they signed Brooks. So here's a, here's a play that I like to go back to, and I know they lost this game, but I know you'll remember this. In San Francisco, 2012, first game of the season, Colin Kaepernick scrambles out of the pocket, Clay Matthews chases him <laughs> down, and body slams him. Mm -hmm. Okay? And, and it was a clear message. You are not going to punk right. us out. Because he did the year before. I, maybe it was two, I would guess it was 2013 because 2012 the was the year that <laughs> Kaepernick ran all over them in the playoffs. Right. That is yes. missing from this defense, even from Clay, because I think he realizes that he's not the guy that he used to be. Mike Daniels seems to be the only guy that plays with that sort of attitude. And now you're seeing it a little bit change. I, when, when Demarius Randall was healthy, he played with swagger. He didn't play with that mm -hmm. swagger last year. Ha, ha Clinton Dix is starting to play with a little bit of that swagger. I think Josh Jones, and you wrote about it, but there's there's reasons to be excited, but there's also reasons to be to be mm -hmm. hesitant about it. He can play with that swagger. And Ahmad Brooks, it's not even right. swagger with him. It's just who he is. He, he just plays with that physicality. You right. are not going to punk him out. And just having that level, that baseline level of, of professionalism and attitude, it matters. And it can be, it can be um, mm -hmm. infectious. We remember Desmond Bishop, his play was infectious. And as soon as he left, it was almost like, well, we don't have our enforcer anymore. So right. And I would offer are. Charles Woodson too, as someone who, when he left, you saw A that just totally decline. And when his play declined, even you, you sort of have to be a certain level of player to command that level of respect. And Brooks, I think, is still good enough to be that. And the other too. thing th I, too, I also think is that, you know, you would hope that Mike Daniels' meanness and toughness could infect the entire defense. But I can understand that guys spend a lot of time within their own position groups. And, you know, if you're a linebacker and Mike Daniels mm -hmm. is doing his thing, you're like, whatever. But I think having Brooks in the linebackers group, it's just the type of thing where I have to imagine if he's going all out and just playing so nasty and mean, don't you kind of feel like a jerk if you're not also doing the same thing? Like it has yeah. to be really humbling. And yeah. I think something like you said, then, then becomes infectious because of course you're not going to let this guy next to you go all out on every play, snarling and running. And you just kind of like, you know, do it halfway. Is there any, is there any question that Mike Daniels being who Mike Daniels is has positively affected oh, Kenny Clark no and Dean question. Lowry. There's right. no, there's no question. Right. And so yeah. attitude reflects leadership. And so when you're, when your top dude is playing like that, I mean, we've seen the leap that Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry have made in, in year two. And we'll see over the course of the season, just how good they can be. I personally think they both can be really good, 
but it matters. That sort of thing matters. And I wonder if Ted Thompson over, has overlooked that a little bit when he is building this team full of young players. I've worried about that for mm-hmm. a while. Who is the tone setter? Where is the leadership coming from? And I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. But I totally get that you want to be under your salary cap. You want young guys who are healthy. You want, you know, athletes. You want, as they love to say, football players. But you sacrifice so much in terms of, I mean, how many people in the locker room now were even there in 2010? You need people who know what it's like to win. Right. Um, you need people who are experienced enough to know how to get what you want on the field if you're not in a position to get it just based on your matchup, you know? Um, so, and it's, it's yeah. funny because we've had this whole conversation and if we just ended the podcast right here, I think someone would come away from this conversation being like, wow, like Michelle and Peter are really high on Ahmad Brooks. And I have to say that I don't know, I'm not all in on it. I'm not sure it's going to be the savior to the season. I'm not sure he's going to have more than five sacks. No. Um, I don't I by any means think that this is the one move that's going to save everything. For me, basically what it comes down to is Ted Thompson rightfully saw a major looming problem with depth and addressed it. Um, he could have easily done that with someone who wasn't starting on a different team, someone who was maybe a rotation player. I think that in some ways they're all kind of going to be rotation players this year when they love to use the psycho package and the NASCAR package. Um, I think that with the like elephant role, yeah, Nitro and all of the, and right. every other weird WCW <laughs> word that they use. Right. And in that way, you take some of the pressure off of Matthews and Perry and Brooks is just another guy in the mix. I think I think the reason that I'm excited about it is I'm excited about it because I and I, I use this metaphor when I referred to Kyler Fackrell's <laughs> quote good end quote game against Denver in the preseason. That yes, it was his best game as a Packer, but one is yes. also more than zero. And so this is like, okay, Ahmad Brooks may not be a ten, but if he's a five, that's at least twice as good as anything they had otherwise. And so it's a huge upgrade. And and that matters. Let's let's end this way. I'm gonna get you on wax, <laughs> although it's digital wax. The Packers this season, their last game is Ooh. where? Like what stage of the playoffs or what stadium? I well, I was I was asking for a specific location and then we and then you could explain why you thought it would be there but yeah i mean that's what i'm asking let's see this is so much more involved than the what's their record gonna be and i like it um well because in some ways who cares right the regular season this is the packers are no longer they're at that that stage with rogers and mccarthy and thompson where their record who cares we want to know what what it's gonna look like i mean i won't go so far as to say they're in the super bowl but but I think the season at least gets to Atlanta. And then it's anyone's guess from there. But I like that kind of rematchy aspect. Um, I still think the Falcons are really talented. Obviously, their offense is still, you know, what it was. But I think they made some good improvements on defense as well. Um, We can argue about seeding. I mean, maybe it would be, you know 
in Green Bay. I don't want to argue. Let's not argue, Michelle. Um, but I, I think, I think it's NFC Championship game. I think it's Atlanta. I don't know what happens from there. It's so hard. I don't want to be the person who, before the season even started, was like, they're not going to get to the Super Bowl, please. But I don't feel like I'm, oh, my God, right. everything is where it needs to be. They're going. They're going all the way. So I, I'm going to cop out because uh, I can. It's my podcast. Um, I think there are two options. I think it either ends in okay. Seattle or it ends in Minneapolis. I think if the road goes through anywhere else than Seattle, and even maybe if it goes through Seattle, I think the Packers go to the Super Bowl. And if it doesn't, if it goes through Seattle, I think that would be the place where they lose. I'm with you. I think Atlanta's going to be good. I, I am, I'm not as bullish on Atlanta as maybe I mm-hmm. probably should be because I think Kyle Shanahan is awesome. And I think the, I think the offense, statistically speaking, has to regress. And I'm not as high on the defense as as some people are. Vic Beasley's really good, and I, I, Desmond Trufant coming back helps. I uh, I have questions, and the schedule is going to be a lot tougher. The NFC South is really tough. Mm-hmm. The NFC North is not. And if if the Packers are the number one or number two seed, it's going to be hard. I mean, if if the game's in Lambeau, you'd pick the Packers over yeah, Atlanta right now today, right? Okay. Because injuries haven't hit yet. I think the Packers will <laughs> be the number one seed. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. We'll see. Michelle, thank you for being a part of Expert Tuesday. <laughs> you have been expert as always. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Uh, we will be we will be talking to Danny Kelly of The Ringer about the Seattle Seahawks. It's opponent Wednesday. Until then, stay locked on Packers. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.